Welcome to Duct Tape and Paperclips. I'm Nathan Hartswick. And I'm Annie Russell. This is the show where we rewatch, review, and ridicule every episode of MacGyver for the first time since our childhoods. That's right. And this week we are breaking down season three, episode 17, The Mask of the Wolf. Yes, it first aired on March 28th, 1988. And we're going to find out how this one holds up. But first, let's catch up a little. What's up, Annie? Oh, not much. Um, what have you been watching on television besides MacGyver? I'm oh, curious funny you should uh, ask. I sent you a screen grab of what I was watching because <laughs> our good friend Jack Dalton, otherwise known as Bruce McGill, was in it. I finally broke down and watched Reacher, which based on oh, all of the marketing, yeah. I was like, I'm not interested in this. I watched all of both seasons, by the way, of um, the one with um, Jim from The Office in it. <laughs> Oh, the it's like one of the Tom Clancy things. Yeah, yeah, the, or... Tom, the Jack Ryan. That's what it is. Jack Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was like exactly what you think it is. It was just, uh, it was just kind of terrible, um, in a lot of ways. And I was like, this is another one of those. They're, they're really. If you look at the Amazon originals right now, it's like all kind of like dirty, violent men with a very gray tone, and like you know they're yeah, all named yeah, Jack with and, like with a past and yeah, a, a, you know kind of, out for justice, yeah, type and of revenge stuff. and that sort of thing. Yeah. And and it is that. Um, um, but new, a number of people had told me that it was it was good, and they also they also told me it was violent, and I was like, well, I don't want something super violent. So I I and the guy is like the guy in it is a a, a, a goddamn bodybuilder giant, like you know I'm like great he's going to be breaking people in half and um and i was just pleasantly surprised by how like sharp the dialogue was there was a lot Mm -hmm. of fun sharp dialogue in it and the actual story the crime like mystery drama part of it is actually pretty complex and it like kind of unfolds over the course of the season in a way that's like kind of rewarding and interesting so and and the violent parts were um i would say uh, I wouldn't call it violence. I would call it graphic crime scenes. Like there are a couple of crime scenes where they show wow, you the crime okay. and it's like very graphic, but that's kind of it. Like the actual most of the show is just driving around talking occasional fight scenes. Yes, it was definitely, um, it perpetuates all the stereotypes of like, you know, the, the rogue, you know, military veteran out for, you know, justice. And, but uh, it was a little better than it had any right to be. Um, and then, yeah. you know, I'm three episodes in or whatever it was and there's a corrupt uh, chief of police that shows up and here's our good friend Jack Dalton coming in. Wow. Okay. <laughs> I was trying to figure out what that screenshot was that you sent me. Yeah. I am glad to hear that the new Jack Reacher is a bodybuilder because I know there was a lot of chatter about the movie version <laughs> which Cruise. starred Tom Cruise yeah. and people were like, uh, if you've read the book, um, <laughs> you know that this guy is huge. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Tom Cruise is not. I kept not thinking the guy. about what Tom Cruise would look like next to this guy because he's an absolute fucking giant. But it was funny to see. And I, I was thinking when I saw Bruce McGill acting, two things. One, we know him to be because we know that he has done voiceovers for Trump, uh, Trump campaign ads. Yes. To be a piece of human garbage. <laughs> but also. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought to myself, oh, well, you know, being an, a working actor for 30 goddamn years on television has improved him <laughs> as an actor. All right. I won't say That's, he was great. At least we can say that. He's still, at least we can say that. He's for still him. an just okay character actor. But when I compare it to, to his Jack Dalton, yeah, his Jack Dalton days. totally different yeah. character anyway. But just the way that he acted, Jack Dalton always feels to me like he is reading a script in his mind. Um, 
and it it felt a little more naturalistic and like he's maybe picked up a few tricks uh, over the last 30 years or so. So yeah, well, that's good. What have you been watching? Um, I have been watching the rehearsal, a lot of chatter going on uh-huh. about the rehearsal right now. I had not watched Nathan for you. I was not, you know, a Nathan Fielder stand before yeah. this, um, but I am really enjoying it. I, it took me a couple episodes to get into it. Uh, I watched the second episode and I thought, no, I, I don't think Mm. I'm going to see this one through. And then the third episode really sucked me in Mm. and now I am fully on board. So I'm really enjoying it. Um, and I find it very funny and interesting Mm. and it's very thought provoking, um, to think about what it means to have all of these like people, kind of uh sucked into this project and this process some Mm. of them are in on it some of them do not really appear to be in on it and so i have had a lot of fun kind of thinking through what that means Mm. and and you know, uh, I just find it really interesting. Yeah. I know I'm going to have to watch it. Natalie watched one episode of it and I, I had watched a few episodes of Nathan for you and thought to myself, like, I'm, I just have a really, I'm very sensitive to that kind of thing. If I feel Mm -hmm. like someone's being exploited in some way, like I'm not into prank shows. Um, and so I haven't touched the new one yet, but people are saying great things about it. So I feel like I need to at least give it a shot. It's really, it's one of those things where it's like, do I think I agree with all of the methods? Absolutely not. Mm. But it's absolutely an interesting conversation and he's doing something interesting that no one else is doing. And so I think that's worth it. And I also don't like prank shows with the exception of the Zach Braff episode of punked, um, (laughs) which if people want to go back and revisit, um, is the funniest thing <laughs> on the face of the earth because Zach Braff gets so actually mad yeah. that the show is ruined. I don't even think the episode <laughs> aired. Like the this, whole yeah. thing is ruined because the prank that they pull on him is they have like some punk teenager spray paint his like brand new, you know, Jaguar or something like that. Mm. And they're supposed to like walk out and he's going to catch him. He actually loses his shit and like assault somebody. It <laughs> is. And it's hilarious because it's Zach. It's Zach Braff yeah. who's already like kind of a tool, yeah. you know? <laughs> so to, to just feel oh. like you have, okay, so you're put like in a high pressure situation and there is no, sense of humor or grace right. or forgive like you are just zero to like what the fuck are you yeah, doing yeah it's not um, like justin timberlake sadly sitting in his driveway being like can you not stand on my stuff <laughs> like yeah no yeah. it's so yeah that is the one uh prank show where That's i'm like funny. oh man like this dude who just took himself so seriously yeah. um is <laughs> is pranked and and hates it and then ah so good that's great um well that's the tv update i guess from lake wobegon here (laughs) um yeah um speaking of tv we should get into mask of the wolf do you want to give us a quick imdb summary of what happened oh i certainly do okay so macgyver and none other than jack dalton assist an inuit named two eagles in finding a hidden tribal wolf mask however two mercenaries abduct two eagles to steal the mask macgyver and jack must rescue the elder and recover the sacred object yeah it's very uh indiana jones vibe um in in alaskan native territory um we even have a little bit of an indie uh nod a little later on 
Uh, yeah, yeah, and I know that you probably looked up. This was after Indiana Jones, yes. Oh, I didn't look it up. Um, uh, eighty-one, yeah, way before. Okay, but it's not just that. It's uh, it's our attempt at a, a native story. I mean, I just kept i I found myself thinking. I mean, clearly their heart is in the right place for for this one, they, and they really go all in on this. I wanted to be watching it with someone who has a native background because I can't tell how absolutely like what the stereotypes are that are very untrue that they're subscribing to and what, you know, like what are they paying lip service to? What's actually maybe a little bit accurate? Is there anything accurate in it? They're obviously using like actual native actors. I I just found myself wanting to know on a scale of one to a hundred, what, how, what percentage racist is this episode? (laughs) It's not zero. That's for sure. No, it's certainly not zero. I felt offended before we even get to the two Eagles, um, bringing us up to, um, the, the land, um, when he is, injured on a porch and MacGyver has to make a point of talking about how bad the neighborhood that Jack Dalton lives (laughs) is. And meanwhile, like it looks like any number of neighborhoods where I have lived in my lifetime, you know, it's like there's an old Victorian house that's been carved up into apartments or whatever. And he's on the porch and, you know, yeah, I mean that, I mean, for those, for anybody who hasn't seen it, the episode starts with Jack is down on his luck living in a terrible part of town. He's living with this old native guy for some reason. They roll MacGyver and Jack roll up and the native guy is sitting on the stoop bleeding from his face. And, and I think, I think Jack says like, Hey, what are you doing sitting out here? Like as if he doesn't notice that his face is just bleeding profusely. And the guy says, I just got mugged. They just beat the shit out of me. And MacGyver's next words are, Jack, you got to get out of this neighborhood. And I then know. just leaves. <laughs> he doesn't way, offer to help. The way that they center Jack at the beginning of this episode is so strange <laughs> yeah. because it's all about like Jack. Jack really made some bad financial decisions and here yeah. he is living here. <laughs> what an idiot, right? Yeah. And then it's like no recognition that this is, you know, two eagles everyday fucking life and there's no thought that like oh maybe we should do something to you know address some of the issues in the neighborhood as opposed (laughs) to saying you need to get out of this neighborhood but regardless then you know jack is is with two eagles in the next scene and two eagles is you know lamenting that his culture is being erased and then jack says something to him is like yeah i've been i've been down before too (laughs) and i'm like okay so there's going to be no acknowledgement (laughs) from you that you being depressed because you lost all your money gambling or whatever is not the same thing Well, i mean it is clearly a joke right because jack says like and look at me now and the idea is like he thinks he's in a good spot but he's not like and the fact that someone wrote that thing about like for him to say that my culture is being erased like clearly shows that they understand that this is happening um right but on the other hand it's like let me take you to the place where no white man has seen (laughs) come on right and so then we have like a very like classic just okay this is going to be an elder who is going to share wisdom with you Mm. who's going to take you on this journey and you're going to learn a little something about yourself along the way like that's the magical indian yeah very common like and and of course that's that's what ends up happening and jack is you know very i think the show is aware of of kind of painting jack as like the the buffoon in sure. this episode yeah. because jack is thinking in the back of his mind 
can I exploit this for some cash? You know, can I eventually get to a place where I can take photos of this and maybe sell those photos? So that's, that's his thought process and why he's kind of along for the ride. Right. Right. And then, I mean, of course he's got to pull MacGyver in because he always needs MacGyver, but I found myself thinking, okay, how many times has this been now? Every single time, literally every single time uh, Jack shows up and we got to go through this whole thing. We got to figure out another way for Jack to pitch this idea to MacGyver to come along. I honestly, if MacGyver had shown one ounce of sympathy for this uh, old dude who got bloodied in the face at the beginning of the episode, then when Jack comes back and is like, man, this guy really just wants to find his, like this artifact that's really important to his, his tribe and everything. Will you help me help him? Like that would have been enough, right? Right. And that normally would have been a, a, a quest that MacGyver yeah, would have He would been absolutely have for, jumped on board with it. But know? because he acted so uncharacteristic at the beginning and flippant about this, you know, gotta get out of this fucking neighborhood, then now MacGyver, now we have to invent the whole, it's always, always that MacGyver is on a vacation from his job. No, he's waxing his <laughs> he's, he's ready, to, ready go to go. And Jack is like, hey, and he comes busting in. And of course, MacGyver is like, now his vacation is ruined because he's got to go help help Jack do something crazy. I just think this, if there was ever an episode where you didn't have to repeat that formula, this would have been it. And instead, here we go again. We got to do We're this whole thing. We're doing the same thing. They figured yeah. out, you know, what worked and yeah. <laughs> that's that's exactly oh, what's just, going on. I mean, even, is it, would it be so bad if MacGyver was actually on an assignment and decided... You know what? Fuck it. The assignment can wait. Like the fact that he always yeah, has to be something. like, I just got back from a big assignment in the in Middle <laughs> East and I am going skiing. Like, okay, all right. Uh, this guy takes a lot of vacations and has a lot of vacations ruined. Um, uh, but I mean, then we have this little fun scene. I love the idea that there's like this indigenous library that they can go and look up all of this, all of these artifacts. And in the library, as they're loudly uh, proclaiming what they're finding, there happens to be two bad guys on the other side of, of the stacks looking for the same goddamn thing. Yeah, uh, of very, course. Very they're convenient. looking for the same thing. And so what they're going to do is they're going to go ahead and kidnap two eagles and they're going to force him to take them to the artifact. And, right. you know, we're going to get a lot of scenes Uh, out in the snow with the bumbling bad guys who are clearly like city people who have no idea what they're doing and they're on fast slick snowmobiles Mm -hmm. and they don't really have a lot of awareness of like what's going on although one of them is one of them is a native guy gone bad yes one of them i should say we have like the main like guy who's a little bit just like you know, this, this slick bad guy. And then we do have the native guy gone bad, which comes back later. I kept calling him indigenous Charles Bronson. <laughs> he's basically like a... <laughs> He really is. So they kidnap two eagles. And then of course, like MacGyver and Jack are going to follow, track them and try to, to track down this thing. Jack has never worn a coat in his whole life. And he has to take MacGyver's. No. <laughs> MacGyver has to buy him new boots. No, despite the fact that Jack has been all over this world, yeah, right. uh, he's never owned a coat. A coat. Uh, but also wears that pilot's cap because that's now mm-hmm. the signature look of his character um, to the point where it's like, that is not going to keep anything warm. There's nothing over his ears. He's out there in the wilderness. But of course, later on, he gets to do yeah. the Indiana Jones thing where he pulls it out from underneath the tomb. Um for whatever reason, certain things uh, tickle me in this uh, in this show, and I know I I think to myself like I know what Annie's going to think about this moment, <laughs> um, <laughs> and like the fact that MacGyver knows 
how to dog sled and has done it in the past and knows all the terms. Is... I mean, th- yeah, this is my favorite part of the whole episode <laughs> where they go uh, and they find, uh, of course, a hot indigenous woman yeah. who is <laughs> running helpful. like a, a, a little um, whatever it is. It's like a little general store slash like outpost, right. um, you know, for folks to come and get fuel or whatever else. Um, and she is way too eager and willing to help them immediately. Yeah. I mean, they just show up. They say, hey, we're looking for this artifact. We want to help. Um, she takes them completely at their word that they're, you know, they're trying to help and she wants to get them there. She then gives them her entire pack of sled dogs <laughs> right. um, to use, which... Again, I would have handed them a pair of snowshoes and said, yeah. okay, good luck. You know, <laughs> even if I had been on board with them, like I'm yeah. giving you my sledding dogs. No, she does that. And of course, MacGyver, who has to know how to do everything on this goddamn show, <laughs> says, yeah, it's uh, it's this for left, this for right, yeah. this for go forward. This, And then she's like, you've got a good memory. <laughs> I mean, he knows four commands. That does not mean he knows how to dog sled, yeah, but yeah. whatever. Uh, but you're, I mean, the thing you're leaving out is that her entire uh, existence is just to serve whatever men come up upon that little shack she lives yeah. in. Like that's her only purpose in life. Um, in fact, she is the only woman in this episode, if I'm not, <laughs> if I'm not wrong, like this is, uh, does not yeah, pass she, the Bechtel test it. this episode. No, I mean, she's basically there as just kind of like a little helper. Yeah. And it reminds me a little of like an, like an animal crossing or something where it's just like, she is that little place in the video game where you keep going back to and she just yes. pops on and goes me, 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 and gives you health or gives you food. Or yeah, whatever, she you know? is like the Oregon trail yeah. general store yeah, yeah. or whatever, where she is just going to give you the grain and like yeah. there is, yeah, there is no <laughs> other purpose to her, right, you right. know, being on, this show i also just want to point out that the the wolf dogs yes. love macgyver and are licking his of face course. which i'm pretty sure is not the way half uh wolf dogs behave but <laughs> they do whatever. when you put peanut butter on the actor's face yeah um, this a little trivia i uh that means nothing and doesn't matter is that those sled dogs belonged to henry winkler's second cousin so do with that okay. what you want <laughs> all right you, it makes That's, you wonder, like, did Henry Winkler say, I got dog sleds. If we ever want to do a dog sled episode, I got access to dog sleds. You must, you have to wonder. Uh, yeah. It felt shoehorned in. I was noticing that as we're binging the season, which is not obviously the way that the original viewers watched it. Uh, now that we're in Vancouver, I noticed like the last episode we watched, the spoilers episode, where they're up in the mountains and they're polluting the stream. You're seeing like this little dusting of snow all over the, all over the trees and everything. And it's really clearly like early winter. And this is like now we're in the dead of winter. Like it's interesting to watch a show that's literally being filmed like with 22 episodes to film every season. They're just go f- filming all the time. And it's interesting to see like a season pass in real time as they're filming these episodes, you know? Yeah, totally. And also just seeing different landscapes yeah. than our previous LA seasons, right. um, which is, is just kind of neat to it's see fun. them travel the t- I mean, the Timberwolf, which by the way, they got from the Vancouver Zoo, um, is, is, it makes an appearance and is 
clearly like that little magical spirit animal kind of thing where he just mm-hmm. keeps watching from the background of things and he's he's representative of like the whole you know culture that got erased or and whatever. he's kind of like helping them along yep. and guiding them along and being there you know Watchful as, eye from the shadows yeah. yeah as kind of their their little friend um this very so, much yeah. felt very 80s like we have to have the magical animal like that that is yes that's going to be so cool if we can get a wolf to just be watching from the woods absolutely and then we have this great uh cave scene where mm-hmm. basically the two eagles is is trying to lead them to this artifact and winds up kind of trapping them in this yeah, booby trapped uh, cave like an indiana jones type of thing yeah, in this cave. And so that's fun. That is like very much on brand for the show. It felt really 80s. It felt really, you know, very much of the time, very much of this show. So I, yeah. uh, that. The um, mask thereafter looks like something that a white prop maker yep. ma- who had never seen indigenous culture made <laughs> in their lab. Yeah. Yep. It was just like, okay, well, let's just make like a Scary mask, mask that yeah. could be in a middle school art fair. Yeah. And, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. I did like how, how American the bad guy was. I mean, they, they, for better or worse, mostly worse, but they, I think, tried to approach the, the native characters with some reverence. Now yeah. that reverence of course is misplaced because it's, it's that white, like, you know, you're putting them up in this pedestal. You don't really understand their culture. You're not really asking about it. You're subscribing to all these stereotypes. You're perpetuating them. There's a, all sorts of problematic things with it, but it, I do believe that they felt like they were treating them respectfully, right? They're giving this whole episode and, and centering that their characters around. And then you've got um, the bad guy who is like slick, like you said, city guy and keeps calling him chiefy and keeps like, and really has yeah. like no use for their culture beyond what he can make from, uh, you know, from it um, when he sells it like illegally. Um, and, and he really feels like a cartoon of an American So I kind of liked that they embodied a villain that was like, he's not the scariest villain we've ever faced, um, but he's the, he's a a good slimy um, counterpoint to the sort of reverential native characters, you know? Yeah, definitely. We're like putting, um, putting the indigenous characters up on a pedestal, but like also being really incurious and not really precise about what it is that their culture is just it's it's super vague it's super we just know that it's old and it's important and And the the native words they're using the name of the tribe the name of the place all made up well they're all not words yeah so so you know like again pretty on on brand for this show like hard in the right place but like none of the details are accurate i would be very surprised if they had anyone um working behind the scenes on this show that was advising them in any way about the types of actors to cast or the types of artwork to feature or the types of things that this culture might have actually valued like we get no sense of that we're not really understanding why this mask is important and so that i would have appreciated that to like now is it as bad as um as seeing a Japanese woman and having a flashback to a Vietnamese woman? Is that no, <laughs> what happened in the last No, <laughs> that's, no, there have been way worse things on this yeah, show, yeah. including in the last episode. <laughs> uh, I will tell you that for sure. Oh. Um, yeah, so not great, but not yeah, terrible. Yeah. This is like a very middle of the road cultural depiction. By the way, have, I so. have been, speaking of shows that do center uh, native issues. Uh, two very different shows that I've been loving. Rutherford Falls on Peacock. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it yet. Very yeah, silly. Yeah, yeah. Ed Helms, um, but like an almost entirely 
Native American cast other than him and uh, Reservation Dogs. Have you seen that? Yeah, that, that is really good. That's I back now. That really I've been watching funny. the new season of it and it's just great. Uh, you know, it's like just nice to have like stories that you don't see because no one's ever given right. them a voice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. so so that's the thing. It's like no matter how well-meaning this show is, yeah. it's ultimately just going to be a show Through that's the, like created by white dudes. Right. And the so like yep. we're never going to see some like groundbreaking depiction. Right. But um, we are going to see, by the way, a snowman get his head shot off on a dog sled, which is pretty Yeah, great. we are going to see that. <laughs> and we're going to see a really fun um, hustle back to the cabin that I mentioned earlier <laughs> because the city bad guy has managed to run out of gas on his snowmobile yep. because once again, he doesn't know what the hell's going on and has to go back to our helper woman <laughs> and get gas. Um, Pull realizing, yeah. Yeah. Realizing like MacGyver and Jack are, are going to be there right. soon. So he feels like, okay, this is going to be a great opportunity to get him. Yep. And then so we they have their <laughs> showdown. Yeah. They have their booby trap where they put a snowman on a dog sled and, and the guy shoots at that and this distracts him. And then the bad native guy has a change of heart and then gets shot. But they're on the roof at that point, so they could have jumped, but they let the bad guy yes. shoot the other bad guy first. But the shot of the two of them jumping off the roof to like, you know, jump on top of the bad guy is that feels so 80s to me. I feel like every show, every action show in the 80s has lots of that, lots of guys jumping off of high places onto bad guys. That was like, yeah, a stunt. and I think they did that a lot. whole sequence to me just felt so like yeah. sloppy yeah. and just you 80s. fall down on like them and then you like give the punch that's like the one yeah, punch we're <laughs> only seeing like a fraction of the frame at a time yeah. because everyone's kind of moving around really quickly and it's yeah. you know they're not actually doing what we're supposed to believe so you know that was um was silly. fun yeah. to me yeah it was very silly it was just like slapstick right. of like okay we're just going to jump off this roof on top of the guy not before this dude got shot for basically you know the the sin of ever uh being uh against his own people in right. the first place but he does have a change of heart and and kind of pushes good his. for him and he's going to survive which is few. And, yeah of course yeah. we can't you know it's macgyver we cannot kill that guy off yeah. um and and you always I have believe, to say it too out loud i think you're gonna make it <laughs> yeah of course i believe all of the sled dogs live um, they are the animal is, cruelty count remains at, at what was it nine oh eight whatever it was last episode yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so luckily uh, no animals were harmed uh, other trivia for this episode um, I thought this was a stupid one that I saw on IMDb someone pointed out that the character's name is two eagles and then they were like remember when MacGyver saved two eagles in the episode eagles <laughs> no I, I, I did think of that as well I was like oh god we're, <laughs> we're back to the eagle thing apparently oh also that the the uh, woman's name is Lightfoot um, her last name's Lightfoot and all I could think about was Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot yeah. Um, right. And just imagining Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot yeah. just like moving up to Alaska or wherever this was yeah. and like working this cabin. Oh, um, that's funny. Um, this episode had four credited writers and I guess two of them did the most of it. And one of them that did the most of it said in an interview, this I thought was funny. Quote, I, uh, this, by the way, is W. Reed Moran was the guy's name. Uh, I was on the verge of getting let go by the show and there was a writer's strike coming. I knew I wasn't coming back. There was a general rule or guideline from either the network or the studio about what scripts for their shows should not have in them. No Indians, no old people, no snow. 
So this is my way of going out in style, an episode with an old Indian in the snow. Wow. <laughs> Which I kind of love. <laughs> That's amazing. And was this actually his last episode? I don't know. know. I mean, I assume it was. But um, uh, And as far as like recycled actor count, the person who played Perry in this episode, who's Perry? Who, which character is that? I don't remember. Is Perry the main the main bad guy? I don't think so. No, Perry is the indigenous guy who turns back. Uh, he'll be back another time. The, the here's a funny one. Um, whatever the chief in the flashback was, mm-hmm. um, only has two IMDb credits to his name, and they're both MacGyver. Wow. One of them was Ghost Ship, and the other one was this one. Holy so shit! What I, was he doing I, in Ghost? Was he? Oh, was he the guy they met in the woods? He played Len. So ship? I'm assuming that was had to be one of the native guys in the woods, right? Yeah. Um. So so we now have a recycled actor count of eight because that puts it up one for uh, for that character. Um. Oh, and I thought it was interesting. The guy who played the sort of main whatever his name, Two Eagles, was only 51 when he played this part. So they really made him seem old and frail and like an elder. Um, And it was his first acting role. And he went on to do over 50 movie roles in TV. Oh my, that's amazing. He was in Dances with Wolves. He was in all this stuff, but this was like his entry into, so, you know, it's never too, never too late. Hey, also, it seems like um, we can put some numbers together on this, but it seems like MacGyver is a good amount of folks' first uh, credit in terms of, you know, actors. Yeah, it's MacGyver to Star Trek, Star (laughs) Trek to SG-1, (laughs) and then who knows? sky's the limit anything else before we score this thing no i'm i'm ready okay i gave this one a six okay there was something comforting about this episode for me because it's hard to explain because it's so emotional like it's connected to my childhood memory so much and it's a very like sort of sort of comfort food for me like it's very easy to kind of have on and but i was like i suddenly became over overcome by the feeling of my anticipation every week uh, for what the next MacGyver episode was going to be, having to wait the full week. And when you're a kid, how long that feels. And when oh, it's yeah. finally Monday night and your mom is letting you stay up for it and you're like getting the popcorn ready and you're watching this show, which to us, we're just fucking shredding now. But like as a kid, it was like, what? how are they going to get out of this tomb that they got themselves into? Like, I love occasionally having that flashback memory of like, what a big deal this was, even though yeah. I know as a grown up, so this would have been one that would have really pulled you in. Yeah, it probably would have blown like, my mind. Whoa, you know? there, there's a cave. Yep. They're on a dog sled. Like I mean, this the feels bad guy's like... gun is enormous. You know, that would have scared the yeah. shit out of me as a kid. You know, yeah, as a kid, this would have been yeah, yeah, a fun pretty one. Exciting. So, uh, so I give it a six. What about you? So I also gave it a six yeah. because I liked it a lot more huh. than I liked the last episode, which I gave a four. So, um, so yeah, we were we're on. <laughs> it's for uh, all we're in agreement this season. on this one. Uh, cool. Well, uh, I think that's about all the time we have. Uh, what do you got to plug? Anything to plug? Oh gosh, just follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Annie M. Russell. I will tell you about all the things that I am doing there. Um, Once again, I'll be in New England. I'll be in uh, Boston, I think also Maine and Vermont this uh, September. So come see me in all those places. Great. What about you? And you can find me at the Vermont Comedy Club most nights or my other podcast, The Corporation. Uh, That is it, everybody. That's all we have. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Check out our website, themacgyverpod.com. All our socials, it's all at the MacGyver Pod. If you want to watch old episodes of the show along with us, you can check them out on Paramount Plus or Amazon Prime. Next week, we'll be covering Season 3, Episode 18, Rock the Cradle. Take care, everybody. And remember, in the immortal words of our buddy Nick, friends, friends are, are the adventures, adventures of life. life. Good night.